This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you. Been a while since we recorded, isn't it, Dylan? So I do kind of feel like I miss you. I know, I know. I haven't heard your voice for a little while. Too long, too long. Oh, mate. So my name's Dylan. I mean, wait. Oh, oh. oh. identity theft. <laughs> How dare you? It has been a while. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Lonnie. His name's Dylan. How you doing, Dylan? Yeah, good, Lonnie. <laughs> I mean, Dylan. I mean, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, what is this show normally about, Dylan? Well, normally it's about you and me, Lonnie, two couple of buds mm-hmm. who catch up usually each week mm-hmm. uh, and we take each other to, through a journey. Could be life, pop culture, everything in between. Exactly right. Um, I'm trying out a new microphone today, so if I sound a little bit different, that's why. And that's why I sound like Dylan as well. <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> Uh, sometimes you said we do a topic every week, and sometimes um, we don't know what the topic will be. The other guys kind of go surprises. Mm. Other times we give each other homework. Mm. And today I've given you some homework, and actually, Dylan, I've given some other guys some homework too, which you'll hear about very soon. Okay. <laughs> How do you right feel on. about about getting homework for this podcast, Dylan? This particular type of homework, Lonnie. Mm. I don't like this type of homework. <laughs> really. I don't like sports. Oh, okay. Well, we're, we're getting into that. We've done wrestling. We've done a tennis episode. Um, that long tennis match, if you remember. Oh, yeah, mate. You know. Longest tennis match ever. Yeah. But now, today, we're finally looking at the greatest game of all, rugby league. Oh, finally. The, the long-awaited. <laughs> Specifically, we're going to look at one of the most monumental series of all time, Dylan. 2006 State of Origin series. That only two states of one country in the whole world care about. Yeah, but it's still pretty important. So, mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. so where are you at with rugby league, Dylan? Don't really like it. Mm. I mean, it's all right. I just um, <clears throat> I don't really like any sports, really. I need stories and characters, Lonnie. That's all we're getting at today, Dylan. I'm going to oh, are we? The narrative of this game, this series. Mm, okay. So you didn't play when you were a kid or anything? I did. I did, but I wasn't very good. I was, I was scared of getting tackled, so when everyone ran up to tackle everyone, I just stayed there. <laughs> yeah, same, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I like the sport, and I played a bit when I was a kid, but I was very bad at it. Oh, yeah. And it was a bit of a shame because you know, I liked the game so much, I liked watching it, and my family. I think I pretty disappointed my family a bit by not my dad especially by not being very good at it. But I was a bit oh, sook. No. Yeah, I was a sook, you know, so Oh my, weren't we all, mate? Weren't we all? Exactly. Now, I don't think we have too many overseas listeners, uh, but as you've alluded to, um, Dylan, this game is, is very particular to Australia. And if you're not from overseas, if you're not from Australia you might not understand all the nuances, but 
think you have to really know too much because I'm kind of I'm going to try and hold your hand as we go through it. Well, more so, not only is this sport particular to Australia, this specific fucking the state of origin hmm. is only particular to two states of Australia. It's very, it's very true. <laughs> it's um very important where we live and where in New South Wales. Not so important any other state in Australia. It's the most niche of the niche. <laughs> um, but you say you need narrative, Dylan. I'm, I agree with you. I really do because I think sport is all about the narrative. Mm. Um, it's not just like the physical prowess that we appreciate when we're watching a sport. We're not just you know, some people might just marvel at the athletic performance, and I think that's kind of more like you know in the Olympics. You're like, oh, I'm going to watch this guy run really fast for ten seconds. Like that's. That's the appeal there. Mm. But I think with this sort of sport and club sport and you know, something that goes over a whole series or a season, what you're caring about is a story and the characters and the people. And your team winning, the underdogs winning against all the odds and you know, the champs who, who keep being successful year after year. So I'm going to try and bring you into the narrative of this particular series. Still. You ready? No, please do. Please do. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't normally watch old games, but I... I watched this, um, these three games. Mm-hmm. What's, what's funny is that I normally watch the highlights of an old series if I'm like getting pumped for a, <laughs> for a new game or something. Jesus. Um, and so I've watched the highlights of this series a lot, but I haven't gone back and watched the actual games. It was very weird because I was watching the game and then all of a sudden like the highlight bit kicks in, like when the, when the try happens. I'm like, oh, you're I like, know this bit. Yeah, you're like that Leo DiCaprio meme from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just pointing at the screen. <laughs> oh, I know that. <laughs> That's right. Um and, you know, sport is special. It's about giving your emotions over to something bigger than yourself and, you know, tying up. You're like, for the next 80 minutes or the next season or whatever it is, I'm going to be happy or sad based on the performance of these of these blokes. It's um, a bit of a strange thing when you think about it, but it does bring you into a community and it really it brings the state of Queensland and the state of New South Wales together as a community, unlike most oh. things do, I think. I mean, arguably, it would drive them further apart, wouldn't it? Oh, I with mean, the state of Oregon. The people within the state, sorry. So. Ah, sure, yeah. And then we have a common enemy, so that sort of thing. <laughs> it's war. It is war. State against state, mate against mate, Dylan. <laughs> That's a good tagline, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's some also try and get ourselves back into the 2006 mindset. Okay, so mm. what were you doing in 2006, Dylan? Um, I don't know, dicking around at school, probably playing some Nintendo. Okay. You know. Well, we were in year seven, as I recall, so we didn't even know each other yet, did we? No, no. Still at, uh, year seven was still in primary school for us, so right. I was at Gabin Bar and you were at, uh, where were you at? Darling Heights. Okay, okay. I don't talk about Gabin Bar. <laughs> yeah, but you're from Darling Heights, but Jesus, oh my God. Might just stop the pod. Darling. <laughs> I'm Darling Heights boy. Oh, you would say that, you Darling Heights people. <laughs> okay, well, more broader than our particular primary schools. John Howard is still Prime Minister. George Bush is President of America. Oh, no. Here are some movies for you, Dylan. Oh, please, please. Parts of the Caribbean 2. Which is underrated. Yeah, it was the first one of the... First films to make a billion dollars, apparently. I don't think I've actually seen it, to be honest. Dead Man's Chest? Yeah, I haven't seen that. Have you seen, you've seen the first one, though? I've seen the first one, no, that's all. Yeah. I've okay. seen many of them, Dylan. I mean, I should get it. 
Yeah. Well, that's fine. The first one's the best. So True. if you've only seen one, you've seen the right one. Okay. Thank you. We've got the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Uh, X-Men Last Stand. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was that year. What a rough year. Uh, Damien Leith beat Jessica Mowboy in Australian Idol. Remember that? No. <laughs> Fair enough. I care about that. Come uh, on. In terms of technology, I mean, no iPhones yet. Um, yeah. Not quite. Do we have iPods at that point? I think iPods, so. I think, but no, no iPhone. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, Facebook only just opened up to everyone in the world in September. Before that, it was just in the universities. So. That came out in 2006. What's that? Facebook. Apparently, yeah. Funny, oh. I think it only became, took, took off the next couple of years, though. Yeah, right. So, That's crazy. Is your mind in 2006 now, Dylan? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. When did Ghost Rider come out? I think that was around that time. Just having a quick look. Well, I didn't see that in my notes, but you can't look. <laughs> 2007. Oh, no. Okay. One year off. <laughs> okay. So we've alluded to State of Origin, but what is it actually about? Well, it's about the bloody two states going head-to-head, mate. Yeah. Queensland and New South Wales. Is the gimmick that um, even if players are playing for like normally a New South Wales or a Queensland team, it doesn't matter. It only matters if they were like originally from New South Wales or Queensland. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's the origin part of it. So yeah, so they can play for another state if their team isn't even for that state. Exactly, exactly right. Mm. Bit interesting. So it's a and that's a kind of a. It seems obvious now that you do that, but it wasn't always the way, Dylan. Oh, okay. So. Do you watch it every year, by the way? Do you, do you get no. it or no? You no. don't care? Okay. No. Couldn't give less of a shit. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so it's a, a best of three rugby league rep series played between <clears throat> two Australian states, Queensland and New South Wales. It started in the year 1980. So, oh, jeez. Yeah, but I thought it would have been before that. That's very recent. Well, I'll take you through the whole history, Bill. How about that? Oh, oh Lonnie, thank you. <laughs> Now, it's kind of humble origins. Um, ah. Hey, okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, there he is. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's pretty much the biggest thing on the sporting calendar in Australia. Well, um, incorrect. Again, for two states of it. Well, you say that, Dylan, but it's normally in the top five most watched programs on TV in Australia every year. Yeah, but don't Queensland and New South Wales have the most populous, though? Well, I think Victoria has... Second most number of people, but oh, they're basically New South Wales anyway. Well, they they kind of support Queensland on the whole because of the, some of their players from the Melbourne Storm. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Um, AFL Grand Final is pretty big as well. So, I'll give oh, really? Apparently, I don't yeah. think anyone watched that. I, I, not, not in my area. <laughs> not my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're very much hyped up. It's like it's the one game or the you know one series that. People who don't even watch footy will watch this, you know. Okay. Um, at the very least, they'll be aware of it or, you know, who's winning or that we talked about at work. Um, don't know what it's like at your work, Dylan, but you know, I've been in places where people actually wear the jersey of the day. Yeah, yeah, yep. definitely. Yeah. People Absolutely. People parties or they go out to watch at the pub together. Um, I've actually, I've been on a bus up here in Brisbane that was decked out in Queensland decorations one year. <laughs> it was just a regular bus, like a council bus. Um, <laughs> So I think it's a bit of a great, it's a great community building exercise in that sense because, you know, even though we're all strangers, we all go for the same team because that's where we're from, you know? 
Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, it was it's pretty prevalent in my household, even though I didn't really pay attention to it. Mum and mum and her mates used to always get together and watch them most of the time when I was little. So that's cool. And, and yeah. would they watch other games, or was that kind of the one they'd go for every year? They'd watch one no, they'd watch normal football too on the occasion. Okay, yeah. but they get excited for this one. Oh, yeah, for sure. They love it. They love it. I mean, they love football in general. Some guys for the Storm. That's their team. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they're my second team, so how good. Yeah. I like to tease her about how many premierships have they won. <laughs> she always gives the incorrect number because <laughs> they got stripped of some. They do that. That's, why, that's an episode in the future, perhaps. So. Could be. Could be. Yeah, it's big in my family as well. Obviously, my, my dad's big into footy and been involved in it in various ways over the years. And He coached football at some point? He did. He played a lot when yeah. he was younger, and then he, he coached um, school and uni teams and was involved in yeah. uni footy for a long time. So That's all right. See, I remember that. Yeah. Good on you, Dylan. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I care about you, mate. I care about your story. Where are you from? Um, and if I'm, if the late, you know, lines up, Write the dates. I'll go back and watch it with Dad if I get the chance. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, I've been to a few matches too. Queensland won all of the matches I've been to. So, oh, you're the lucky charm. I'm lucky charm. I don't really <laughs> want to go. If I go another one, if they lose, I might you know, think it's my fault all of a sudden. So. Oh no! <laughs> now we probably kind of take for granted down here, as you're saying, it's very niche, but it's very big here. So we kind of don't really see the bigger picture, do we? Yeah, I've never seen something so niche be so big at the same time. It's kind of a it's a very odd thing in, in pop culture. Well, I was trying to think of it in terms of like other sports around the world. I'm not a Nothing. huge expert of other sports, to be honest, but I kind of feel like, you know, in America, everybody watches the Super Bowl, generally. You know, that's the impression you get that that's the yeah. one that people watch over there. But that's kind of like our grand final is their Super Bowl. This is a bit different. It's a little bit, yeah, it is a bit different. And I kind of feel like, you know, in the NBA... They have all-star games where mm. they put the best teams, the best players from different teams together Yeah, like exhibition matches. So it's a bit more like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably the closest equivalent, yeah. Yeah, and it's also a little bit more like in international, like the Olympics or like international soccer or the World Cup or even cricket, like test cricket, because people, the teams are representing regions. So yeah, like yeah. They're playing for people, not just themselves. Yeah. I don't know, I think... It's a bit like that, but it's also not quite all those things at the same time. Yeah, I'd say it's it's unique. Mm. Yeah, 2006, as I said, is a very important series. Now, if you know anything about State of Oregon history, even sort of very vagueness, vaguely, you'll know Queensland, they were pretty dominant for a long time. That started in 2006 up until pretty much a decade later. Mm. Um, and it's a real sliding door series because like, if one or two things go differently... People's lives are different, people's careers, their sporting careers, and kind of the fate of rugby league, perhaps, is very different, Dylan. Jesus, I mean, I don't know if I go that far, Monty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and besides all that, three games of good footy and a great sporting narrative. So. Well, true. Origin itself. I said it started in 1980, but that's not really where the story starts, because rugby league has been in Australia since 1908. So a bit before that. Yeah. Um, and Queensland and New South Wales always played interstate series all, all, all those times between 1908 and 1980 before Origin began. Yeah, okay. Um, as you said, though, these series were just based on where you were living and playing at the time. So where you were from originally didn't really matter. And that kind of got into a bit of trouble. Well, it caused issues, as you say, because New South Wales always a bit richer, more money, mm. 
and they had more people in general. So they kind of had the upper hand when it came to these series. Um, although Queensland did have some, some success kind of in the 1920s especially, but apart from that, it was always New South Wales pretty much smashing Queensland. And silver spoon dogs. <laughs> exactly right. The Gavin Bars, if you will. Well, <laughs> <laughs> by the 1960s and especially 1970s, New South Wales were like luring all the best Queenslanders to New South Wales to play because they had more money, they had a competition. Um, and at that time, Queensland didn't have any pokies. So the New South Wales teams and clubs that have these big league clubs in Sydney with pokies making a lot of money, they could attract more people. Um, and every year they'd come back and they'd go beat the old Queenslanders. So ex-Queenslanders would go and smash their old mates from when they grew up. So not very fair. No. What's worse is that nobody really cared about it then as well because they're, they're playing a Tuesday night, they'd play in front of like 2,000 people <laughs> um, and everyone knew that New South Wales was on a limb. Mm. And it wasn't much fun seeing a team you know, playing for New South Wales filled with Queenslanders destroying Queensland. And why would you want to watch that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so 1980, some of the big bosses kind of got a bit sick of it. Um, and actually, I think AFL had been doing State of Origin before this. No. So they stole the idea, basically. No. <laughs> um, and so in, in 1980, they played the first two games of this series in the regular rules, but then for the last game, they played under Origin rules. So all these old Queenslanders got to play for their home state for the first time. They win? They did win, Dylan. Yes. Nice, nice. Famously, Arthur Beetson, um, he's been like, he's one of the best players of that era. He was 35 and all his whole career he'd been playing for New South Wales beating Queensland, but he came back, captain Queensland for the first time, kind of very much like a prodigal son returning. Mm. Um, he also, he credited, he's credited with um, giving the game legitimacy because he, you know, he was very tough. He clubbed with some of his own teammates um, and just took it very seriously. And people thought that maybe they were going to take it easy on each other because they're club mates playing against each other and they're, they're mates, but very much became real when Arthur came in and started bashing in his, his regular mates, you know. <laughs> yeah. That state against state, mate against mate motto sort of was born then, Dylan. Yeah, right. And something that's sort of been there from the beginning is that, like, it matters more to Queensland. And Queensland have got the spirit and the passion and they never give up. I remember once when I was a kid, there was a game and one of the commentators was like, as long as they're breathing, they're a chance. Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, they are known for um, coming from behind at the very last minute, always sticking in there. My aunt has a story, actually, from when um, Queensland were losing in the last few minutes of a game. Yeah. My uncle was like, I oh, just turn it off and we go to bed. <laughs> oh, then, no. They heard people in the neighborhood like started yelling in excitement. He's like, put it back on, put it back on. <laughs> Uncle Jimmy. <laughs> okay, so, you know, Queensland are very passionate because they're, the, the series are basically started so we could have a, a level hand and a, and a, a chance at winning. Mm. So are New South Wales less passionate then? No, they, they're just as passionate. They want to win just as much, but you know, it does mean more to Queensland, I would say. And over time, you know, kind of true that New South Wales, they chop and change their team a bit more, perhaps not as loyal as their players, but um, in tough times, maybe that's a bit of foreshadowing for you, Dylan, for the series. Mm. 
and the Queensland got this this impression of being very loyal to their players, but at the same time, they've got fewer players to choose from. So maybe if you've got you're loyal to people because you don't have much choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> that said, they are World Cup players if they need to, which and they they do. So okay, a bit of brief history: 1980s Queensland's on top. Um, so they win every series apart from two in 1980s. Um, that's pretty pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, what helps as well, like obviously it means more to them. They're playing harder probably for the first few years. At the same time, a few once-in-a-lifetime players come along. Ollie Lewis, you've probably heard of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mal Meninga. And so they've got these two like immortals, <laughs> like two of the best ever. Yeah. And a, and a good team around them. So it's coming together nicely for them. Sure, yeah. Um, and like in the light, late eighties, um, New South Wales won one game from nine between eighty seven and eighty nine. So it's a pretty good run for Queensland. They just dominated, you know. Oh yeah. The nineteen nineties do it. You and I are born, which is pretty awesome. Best decade then, isn't it? At the same time, things kind of turn pretty rapidly. Um, New South Wales, they become dominant. So in the nineties, Queensland only wins three times. Ooh. Um, I mean, they kind of won, they kept the Shield 1999 because the series was drawn and they sort of kept it, but they didn't actually win. So it's kind of weird oh, to count them, you know. Dog act? <laughs> um, <clears throat> in New South Wales, they, they produce some really good players too. So Brad Fittler comes on, Laurie Daly, um, Andrew Johns also later in the series, later in the finals as well. So mm. one of the series that Queen won, <laughs> okay. um, 1995, a bit of a freak series because like the game was splitting in half and... The whole sport almost fell over and Queensland picked oh, a bunch geez. of second and third string players and they still won. It's oh. just a very weird outlier, one of those just random things that happens, you know. So Sounds it. Mm. Now, Why don't we watch that one? Well, we can if you want, don't we? No, oh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so this takes to the 2000s. In the year 2000, Queensland lost 3-0, so not a good series for them. No. And they lost the last game really badly. New South Wales won so convincingly that they were doing try celebrations and it was just a very shameful event for Queensland. Oh, my. They cleaned out the team and, and they won in 2001. Um, the nice story of one of their old players came back from England to, to win the last game for them, but that's a different whole other episode we could do in the future. And then again in, in 2002, they, they drew the series. So they kept the shield but also didn't actually win the whole series, so it doesn't really count in some ways. <laughs> So, 2003, 4 and 5, New South Wales pretty well on top. They they win the least series 2-1, but, you know, 2003, Queensland only won the last game, which, you know, the series is already over. 2004, there was a decider, but then Queensland was blown away. Again, same thing happened in 2005. In the games they did win in 2004 and 5, they're pretty tight affairs. Like, a win's a win, sure, but if you're just going to scrape by, you can't really say you're, you know, dominating, can you? Excuse me. Sorry. You're not seeing The Fast and the Furious? I, oh, I haven't what? seen them yet, Dylan. I know you want me to watch them soon, though. Whether it's by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. Well, exactly. But it's a famous quote. If the other guys are winning, you know, two out of three times, they're winning more than you. Enough. Okay. Yeah, 2005, I should mention that Andrew Johns, who's one of the best players that ever played for New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd been around for about 10 years or so at this point, but... He came back from injury that year to play for New South Wales and he, he just tore us apart. Just really destroyed us that year. Oh, no. And then One man alone? Well, pretty much. He came back and he 
he's like the most important player and yeah turn the series on its head really yeah now he's got a few clouds over his legacy due to some um off-field issues and recreational drug use in his career um cocaine yeah and ecstasy apparently and yeah yeah sounds about right the party boy drugs so what are your thoughts on that? Does that really matter if you're a good player on the field but you've got some issues off field? What do you what do you think? No, I mean he wasn't doing any harm to anyone else, was he? He was just, just doing drugs on his own. Yeah, and he's kind of I think self medicating with some, you know, mental health issues and Well, I mean if he wasn't harming anyone else hmm. and if he was only doing it to himself, I don't think that should tarnish his legacy. Yeah, that's that's the question. And also if you get accolades for on field efforts it's not like they're performance enhancing drugs either, so No, I think that that would be a bit, a bit worse. But Oh of course, yeah. There is definitely a line somewhere though where your off field sort of dramas will definitely affect your on field stuff, but I think Well, I think it's once you bring harm to others then mm. that's when it can affect it. But you know, if you're only doing stuff on your own yeah. and it's not affecting anyone else but you, then yeah. That's probably a good good place to, to draw the line. Good work. Very wise. Thanks, Lonnie. I'm solving society's problems one speech at a time. <laughs> the other thing about Andrew Johns is that he's a very good analyst these days. He's a commentator, so that's um, in his favour, I think. he's You can't deny he's got a good football brain because he does, you know. Hmm. Um, there's also a pretty bad um, racism scandal that's hard to overlook, and we'll get to that a bit later on. Oh, no. Um, and he could be his own topic, really. He's an interesting guy. So I think, does that give you a good groundwork for 2006? <clears throat> oh, yeah, somewhat, yeah. So Queensland were really powerful in the 1980s, kind of faded away, but had some success in the 90s and 2000s. But then, yeah, if you look at it this way, between 1990 and 2005, Queensland only won four series outright, two drawn series, kind of hard to count them. So you know, that, that's a period, long period where New South Wales pretty much on top. So they're looking for their decisive win, Monty. Well, they do change things up, you know. What's funny, though, is that I don't really think in rugby league circles that it's really framed like that. I think it's because Queensland were kind of able to win a series, like every couple of series. They kind of felt like they were still in the picture, you know. Um, but, you know, spoiler alert, in 2006, Queensland are going to go on a very big winning streak for many years. Mm. And that's the series. That's the story that gets told, you know. We got so much about the 90s for New South Wales, which is kind of strange to me. <laughs> well, was it a streak, though, or was that an intermittent sprinkled with Queensland victories well, through the... Yeah, intermittent. So they had, like, a couple, I think two years where they won, like, two times where they won three series in a row, but then Queensland mm. came back and won, and then they traded series for a little bit, so... Yeah, for some reason, it's impressive to win more in a row than overall. Yeah, exactly right. I think, as well, it's kind of how Queensland controls a narrative, so it's, you know... It's about them having more to play for. They spent decades getting beaten by their own blokes, and now you know they're coming trying to get back one. You know. Yeah, I mean, if we lived in New South Wales, it might be a different story. They might talk about the domination of the nineties. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's never talked about, but yeah, very much up here, it's kind of glossed over because. Oh, you know, why would we? Big, yeah, exactly. We got this big <laughs> series to talk about. We won eight in a row. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I think there's also maybe just like. Outside of sport, there's this sense that we kind of look down upon in Queensland from by New South Wales, you know, politically and you know, culturally. So, mm. yeah, so one one thing we got over New South Wales is we won all these series against them in the footy. So, we can't <laughs> that, you know. 
Okay, 2006, heading into the series. New South Wales won the last three series pretty comfortably. They've got one of the world's best players, Andrew Johns. But things are going to change pretty quickly. I'm going to introduce some of our main players, Dylan. JT. He's coming up, don't worry. <laughs> okay. yeah. so. He's the one footballer I know. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get your thoughts on him in a second. The captain in 2006, though, is Darren Lockyer. Mm. Now, what are your thoughts on Darren Lockyer, Dylan? Um, you know, I liked him in the games. He seemed pretty all right. Mm-hmm. I liked his speech at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they won, he was like, I know Queensland has been waiting four years for this mm-hmm. sort of thing. So yeah, he seemed all right. Well, that's good, Dylan, because he's one of my favorite players of all time. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, he seemed like a lovely bloke. He is. So a bit of background on him. He's kind of he's pretty much the best player of his generation, um, oh. at least in Queensland. Sure. He debuted in 1995 and in club football. Mm. And he'd been playing for Queensland since 1997. So a fair while by the time 2006 comes around. Yeah. Um, he'd filled in as captain in the second two games in 2001. So he kind of won that series as a captain. But then he became the real captain in 2004. Now, you're a keen listener, Dylan. You remember I just said a moment ago that in 2004 and 2005, the Queensland side lost. Mm. So Darren's the captain and he's supposed to be their best player. He's 29 now. He's at the peak of his powers in terms of you know, sporting ability. Yeah. So he's he, got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, does he, for this game, well, for this series? Not so much a chip. He's got pressure because mm. they're not doing too well. Yeah, sure. And you think if they've got one of the best players of all time or, you know, best player in the world at this <coughs> point, he should be doing better and the team should be doing better. Yeah, yeah. Another challenge he's sort of facing is that in 2004, he changed position, like what? where he plays in the field. So mm. you know, 2006 rolls around. There's been a period of, you know, unsuccessful time. People are questioning whether he's made the right move, whether he should even be captain. Oh, no. Phil Gould famously wrote a... Oh, your boy. <laughs> I, I don't mind, Phil. Oh, you love him, mate. Come on. Yeah, well, we, well, we've got our issues, but we love each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all I can ask for. Um, he wrote this article sort of questioning, is like, is he the right man to lead Queensland into the future? So... The pressure is really on. Yeah. Um, and I, I've actually met Darren a few times. When he's a great oh, player. your mates. Yeah, we're, we're, we're buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't go that far. Yeah. Oh. You, you mentioned JT. I did. So I did. Jonathan Thurston. What are your thoughts on Jonathan? The god of Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you'll, you'll know a bit about JT because he, he only retired in 2018. Mm. He really was one of the best players and one of those players that takes the, the public's attention. So not every player breaks out into a sort of popular appeal, but he definitely did. Yeah, for sure. If I know about him, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, back in 06, he was still fairly young. Mm-hmm. Um, he played for Queensland in 2005. And, you know, they didn't win that year. And also in 2005, he his team was the runner-up in the grand final. So Who was he playing for in 05? Uh, the Cowboys. Oh, still the Cowboys at that point. Okay. He, he went there in 2005 and they went to the grand final. So, like, he's got raps on him and he's a really good player, but he's still really young. Yeah, sure. And there's kind of like a – there's potential here, but if you can't seal the deal with some wins, like on the big stage, you know, how good are you? Yeah, jumping ahead a bit, he, he did miss a he did miss a kick at one point, which was very un-JT-like, so he must have been a, a young'un. 
Well, yeah, exactly right. Um, mm. And sport is about performance, isn't it? Unfortunately, mm. it's kind of how you measure yourself. So yeah. if you miss those kicks or you um, miss those, you, know, you just miss out winning the big games, then it's kind of hard to say you're one of the best players in the world, unfortunately. Who was that New South Wales guy that missed both the fucking kicks in the first game? Um, that was that Brett Hodgson in the first game? Yeah, it? right. Yeah. The really skinny guy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to him in a moment because I <laughs> kind of got an unfair legacy, unfortunately. Oh, no. Uh, but yes, JT, he's, one, he's a hero of mine. Um, oh. I went to his last ever NRL game. I had to pay the pill, like, you know, do the pilgrimage to pay my respects to the great man. So Sure, yeah, absolutely. And he's got a bit of a connection because he spent some time in Toowoomba growing up. So, oh. Bit of a connection to us, Dylan. We are JT, even basically. So. Even better. <laughs> Um, but yeah, as I said, he's under pressure, kind of not as much as Darren, but also he's fairly young. So if he doesn't start performing soon, maybe someone else will come have a go instead. Mm, sure. Yep. Uh, two more blokes I'll highlight: uh, Steve Price and Petro Sivanasiva. Mm. Now, Pricey, another special guy for me because he went to our school, Dylan. Oh, really? Yeah, before us, obviously. But Gavin Bar. <laughs> our school, Dylan. Oh, I mean, you joke. <laughs> No, in my family, no, good on you. I've had a bit to do with him over the years because of that um, high school connection. That's pretty good. They teach him, didn't they? Uh, Mum didn't teach him, but she taught some of his friends and she sort of knew him when he was a student. And then um, Dad had to do with him some when he was sort of playing in the NRL. He'd come back and mm. you know, help out the team sometimes and do speeches and stuff. So Was he a little troublemaker? Spill the dirt? No, he was a good boy. Oh, so, sure he was. He married yeah. his high school sweetheart, Dylan. No, he went to Harris, Danny. Good could he be? He's a good boy, okay? Mm. Come off it. But don't buy it. I think you're hiding, hiding the skeletons. I would never. <laughs> nah, I'm sure he's right. So he's in his 30s at this point, and he's like one of the forwards, so one of the big tough guys who runs the ball up, up front. Um, mm-hmm. And he's one of the leaders because he's a bit older and he's been there for a while. A vet. Yeah, and the same with Petro, basically. They're both big tough guys. Sure. Um, but, you know, as I'm saying, three years performances, the pressure's on these fellas to stand up because if, you know, if you're not performing, someone else might come in and do a bit of job. Yeah, true, true. The last guy, as I'll, I'll bring in, is the coach. So Mal Meninga, he's one of the great players of the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. He's an immortal, so he's like been considered one of the best of the very, very top level tier of rugby league players. Sure. He won a bunch of premierships. He played 30-odd games for Queensland, 40-odd games for Australia, captain his state and his country. But he's coaching here, and he didn't have the greatest success beforehand as a coach. So he coached Canberra for five years. They won, I think, 53% of the games. So, you know, not not a great record. No. He also had a very, very brief um, political career. Have you heard of this, Dylan? No. What was he doing? I want to... Get you to guess how long his career in politics lasted. A year. Shorter. Two months. Shorter. One month. 30 seconds. Oh, no. Yeah, what happened? He, he pulled out after his, halfway through his first interview. Oh. <laughs> he went to the radio and they asked him why he wanted to do it and he started talking and he just gave up. Oh, no. What was he going for? I think it was um, like state parliament in Canberra. 
So what, what happened? They just asked him one question. He's like, oh, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. I think he kind of maybe was, I don't know, he had arm to come in to join the party or something, and then mm. he um he just realized, he's like, I don't want to talk this shit. And then, yeah, yeah, can't be dealing with this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fair enough. Good on him. Um, and that, that story led me to a Wikipedia article. It was called List of On-Air Resignations. Um, I think now's the best. <laughs> Thirty oh. seconds. Yeah, I mean, how can you beat that? <laughs> now he's um, not noted as a very like, technically savvy coach, um, and even today he's lots of success since then. But he's more like a psychological prepares the players in the best frame of mind, and also you know, reminds them who they're playing for. Um, bringing in old players from the eighties and you know, explaining what Origin means so much. So I guess you know, rather than like running drills and technically working out how to play better. So I think there are different forms of coaching. So, no, not necessarily wrong or right. Approaches, yeah, yeah. So. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, New South Wales. Don't really care about them, so. Fair enough. Absolutely. Move on. <laughs> um, their coach, Graham Murray, good guy apparently. He's, he's passed away since now, since then, but. Oh, no. Good fella from all accounts. Um, and their captain was Danny Badiris. He's from Newcastle. Um, shout out to Jester and Hardy from My Girlfriend Dolly, our Newcastle friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, good player. Been playing well the last couple of years. Well, we don't care about him because he's from New South Wales. Get out of here. Yeah, piss off, mate. <laughs> You're from QLB. Yeah, who they don't have is Andrew Johns, who was really the X Factor in 2005. So... He retired from rep footy in 2006 before Origin. I can't really see why, but... Yeah, you thought this would have been like his one, his go out, his go home game. Yeah, I guess maybe he won the last series and was like, that's a good way to end it. Um, oh, I suppose, yeah. I think he'd also been trying to get lots of injuries, so maybe he wanted to like work with the Knights and try and win the club, you know, the NRL Premiership. Sure, um, yeah. So fair enough. And then in 2007, he actually had to retire because of those injuries, so... Oh, Very much on the end. Yeah. Um, I don't remember this too much as a um, the kid watching these games, but apparently there was a big um, rivalry between JT and Andrew Johns. Yeah. Some of that was drummed up by the media. Some of it was kind of like, you know, JT was up and coming playmaker. Johns was the um, the guy who'd been the king for the last ten years or so. So, you know, I, I think that's interesting. In two thousand five, JT wasn't good enough, and then two thousand six. Johns isn't there, so mm. it kind of does perhaps have to put in 
Queensland's favour, but not having the, the big tough guy to try and beat. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. He's looking bad for Queensland then, you know, but still, the Origin is the toughest arena, the toughest sport in the world, Dylan. Mm, well, okay. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's hard to win one game, let alone one series. This is where I'm going to bring in some comments from another podcast, Dylan. Oh, here it is. I've spoken to Michael from the Rugby League Digest. Okay. I mentioned them on my Get Amongst It a little while back. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Good podcast. Uh, Rugby League history, a bit of humor, a lot of great insight. Um, when I'm organized enough, I'm going to get the guys on for a podcast guest appearance. But Jesus. just today, I asked them, well, just this week, I asked them to um, yeah, think if they had anything, any strong recollections of 2006. Um, mm. So the one thing that, the first thing that Michael said that really stood out were the stats going in 2006. So after game three in 2005, he says, Queensland, New South Wales had won 36 games and Queensland had won 36. And they had a couple of draws in that. Mm. And the whole series count at that um, stage was 12-12. So it's pretty damn even, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Michael says that was, he thought it was so cool when he saw it and blew his mind that over the next 10 years, that dominance is really going to blow those stats out. <laughs> Not wrong. Exactly. The second reflection that Michael mentions is that is the role that the series played in building up his passion for New South Wales. So he grew up in the tail end of the Wally era, so it's 1980s. And he says, I was really heavily invested in whether we won State of Origin and would get upset in Queensland 1. By around 95, 96, though, I didn't really care who won so much. I just wanted to see a really compelling series of big hits, maybe the odd fight, and generally intense, high-quality football. Oh, he got that because he got a there was a punch thrown at one point, wasn't there? Oh yeah, there's well, it wouldn't happen today, but there's a few punches thrown in this series for sure. <laughs> and even the late nineties, and there was some full-on brawls. So, is this hockey or football? <laughs> Michael goes on to say that by the end of Queensland's run of dominance, starting in 06, I found myself once again heavily invested. Watching games with a nervous nervousness previously only reserved for important Dragons finals matches. And he says in brackets, which is sadly a distant memory now. <laughs> Poor guy. Mm. Oh, no. So he says, if I didn't celebrate 2014, which is when New South Wales finally won, with the same level of excitement in the, as the 2010 Premiership, which when the Dragons won, it was certainly the equal of a really good semi-final win. So I think that that's kind of interesting perspective from someone from New South Wales who... um was starting to not be as invested in, in State of Origin, but then 2006 turns it around. Yeah, no, it's good on them. Yeah. Same the same for the series. We've got Queensland, they've got a team, some older champs, but they're really under pressure. There's a bunch of young guys coming into the team who haven't had much success in Origin before. Mm-hmm. They've got a few players suspended and they've got a new coach. He's got some question marks over his coaching ability. Mm-hmm. And they're up against New South Wales, who've pretty much smashed them three years in a row. The stage is set, Dylan. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. After 40 minutes, <laughs> we're there. Let's get to game one. I've been talking lots, so why don't you give me your impression from what you saw, Dylan? What, what do you reckon? Uh, I've got a note. They throw the ball around good. <laughs> nah, just kidding. <laughs> so you watched highlights, did you? I did. I did. I'll say this: a bit of a bit of whiplash seeing packed stadiums of people. Yeah, seventy thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a bit odd to see. I was like, "Oh, that's right. That's how things used to be." <laughs> <laughs> I 
But no, no, it was all right. The first game is pretty good. Pretty good. It was a close one, wasn't it? Mm, very close. Yeah. I'll say this. JT looked very young. <laughs> very young. Yeah. I'm sorry. Also, Willie Mason scores a try at one point. Mm. Now, I didn't know who Willie Mason was. So when he scores the try and the commentator yells out, Big Willie Mason! <laughs> I nearly snorted out my drink because I, <laughs> I, I thought his nickname was because he had a big penis, but no, <laughs> it's just because his first name's Willie and he's big. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, we don't know. We don't know. I can't confirm nor deny. But well, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Mm. So I watched the game, and this is kind of a famous game in some ways, mainly because of Brett Finch. So did you? He scored the first try for New South Wales. He would have seen not the, not the mm-hmm. other one, the, the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he kind of etched himself into Origin folklore that game because he came in the night before mm. to this to the team. He was like their third or fourth choice halfback. Oh right, which is okay. the most important um, player on the field, basically. And like. 2005, they've got Andrew Johns, who's you know, a model, one of the best players to ever play the game. And now they've got Brett Finch, who is not a good, not a bad player at all, but I think even he'd admit he's a larrikin, he's there for a good time, not necessarily the most complete player. Um, mm. Still, like, you've got to be good to play NRL and be picked for state oh, course. But, you know, interesting bloke as well. In the, in the year since he retired, He's kind of faced some personal dramas off the field, but he's got a really unique outlook on life and on footy. So, yeah. And it's kind of the perfect preparation for him as well because, as I said, he was more of a larrikin sort of player. So yeah. coming in the night before, just coming in to play footy, is probably the best way for him to do it. Um, as we'll see in the next game, when he's there for the whole preparation, it doesn't turn out so well. Um, but, you know, he scored the first try. He scores the final field goal as well. You know, this is the sort of the dream you have as a kid coming in to win the game for your state, for your state. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do you remember much about Greg Inglis, Dylan? No. So he scored the, uh, there's two tries for, for Queensland before he saw mm-hmm. in the highlights. Mm-hmm. This is his yep. first game. He's only young. He's only a teenager. He's only his first game ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, for, his, for Queensland, that is. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he kind of he had a bit of a rough night early on because he scored a he screwed up a little bit. But New South Wales scored some tries at his end, but then mm. you know, he scores some tries in the second half too. So, well, wow. he goes on to play in the next ten years. He's one of the best players in the game. And you know, now I mentioned that Queensland were pretty dominant in the eighties because they had some you know once in a lifetime players. Well, that happens with Queensland too. You know, they, they play play hard, they try hard, but also they you know by luck. They get some of the best players all on the same team at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of easy. Well, it's not, not easier, but, you know, luck's going to go your way and sometimes in sport, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And the thing about English, which is quite interesting, is that he shouldn't have played the Queensland. <laughs> oh. You know, we're going on about a state of origin, where you're from. He was born and raised in New South Wales, so. <laughs> How'd that happen? How'd he slip past? Well, he's born and raised in Kempsey, which is like northern New South Wales, and he was brought to Queensland as a teenager. So I think he might have been he was like 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Played in Brisbane for a while. 
Um, and then because of that, he was able to declare his allegiance to, to Queensland because he played up here as a kid. So yeah, okay, yeah. Even though he, he's pretty much New South Wales from, he should be New South Wales. But yeah, but he's how it is. yeah, but his football career was born in Queensland, Lord. That's the argument. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, kind of interestingly, there's this feeling that historically New South Wales like weren't as welcoming and supportive of Indigenous players. And they didn't pick them as much, basically. Um, and so that supposedly had some, you know, basis for why he chose to play for Queensland. Um, oh, okay. So he wanted to get a run and also wanted to you know, play for a team that was going to support him. So, you know, I'm going to get into that in a second, but I will say that they've tightened the rules since then. So it's not so much choice. There's kind of like some categories you have to fulfill to play for a certain state. So, um, yeah. It's more state of origin now, more origin of choice. But, um, yeah. New South Wales are pretty dirty because, you know, this guy who went on to beat them for a decade um, should have been playing for them. So, <laughs> But it's funny for us, so, you know. <laughs> now, I mentioned earlier that there was that um, racism scandal with Andrew Johns. Mm. It actually had to deal with Greg Inglis as well. So oh, in 2010, Johns was an assistant coach for New South Wales. Apparently they were talking about English in camp, and he um he used a racist language about English, and that, that's an awful allegation. The it all blew up though when one of the New South Wales players he heard it and he quit in protest. So that was Tamana Tahu, which I think that's a really big move to make. You know, it's yeah, good on him. Yeah, I'm I've got a lot of respect for him for doing that. Um, and so then Johns resigned because of it, or. He was asked to resign or he sacked. Kind of hard to know what actually happened there. <laughs> and I will say that in the time since, it seems like they've made amends and things are, are, are okay-ish now, it seems like. But you know, you got to respect Tahu for standing up because if you're going to stand up in that sort of circumstance, all you're going to do is you know, put a tail on your back. People saw him as a troublemaker, um, but he had to stand up for what he thought was right and, and good on him. That does kind of lead into that story though like if this feeling that new south wales perhaps weren't welcoming to indigenous players well that story hasn't helped does it so no definitely not no so yeah i'm not really sure what happened because it's kind of the thoughts of different um sides to that story but mm. props to tawanatahi for that um and i will say in the more recent years new south wales have been playing, picking Indigenous players and they've been having lots of great success. And I'm not going to say it's easy to say that, you know, New South Wales bad, racist, Queensland good, not racist, but it's not the case at all. You know, mm. but that's just one example of a story that I thought was interesting to think about English. I think it was Gus Gould said that these young Queensland players have walked into a holocaust. Oh. Don't think we'd be saying that generally <laughs> these days. Is Gus Gould related to Phil Gould? Yeah, the same guy, sorry. Oh, okay. Gus is his nickname. Oh, okay. <laughs> two guys. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Why is he called Gus? Not really sure why. Okay. I think he just goes with Gould, maybe. Okay. Gouldy locks. <laughs> but yeah, so overall, New South Wales, they ran away with the game and then Queensland came back. As I've been saying, at the last minute, they were in it. They got things level, but then a bit of freak magic by Brett Finch um, goes on to, to win the game with a field goal. Mm. Game two, 
bit of a different story, Dylan. Well, so one of the highlight videos I watched, Lonnie, mm. it was on YouTube, mm. and it was like, it was painting the narrative between the games. It was like a classic old school video. It was like fade to black and then just text on the screen <laughs> and that. I think I've seen so, this one actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And after game one, the Blues win and they were like, so it looked like Queensland had no chance in game two. But remember, it was at Suncorp Stadium. <laughs> Pretty much, yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, what what is there to say about game two? They just decimated New yep. South Wales. 36, very convincing <laughs> win for Queensland. Um, it's interesting. You know, I was talking about all that pressure that, the guys are going in, going into the series. Well, that just gets ramped up when you lose the first game. Mm. So Lockie and Pricey and Super Deceiver, like, yeah, if they don't win this game, it's going to be um, over basically for them. They they had to win this one. Oh jeez. Yeah. Um, it's actually a story. I think I don't know if it was between this game. I think it would have been with Lockyer and you know Al Meninga, the coach talking to him, and thinking about moving back to fullback. His old position, and Lockie was like, you know, pick me at 5 or don't pick me at all. Like, this is the sliding doors moment. And they don't just win, they win convincingly, which is really you know, <clears throat> impressive. Yeah, true, true. It's interesting seeing these games um, back to back to back. And I'll, I'll talk about it again in the next game we mentioned. But, like, you can see the coaching really um, up close, I think, because in that first game, Queensland were so nervous and they didn't have much fire in them in this game. They just pumped up from the very first tackle. They're like, all in, we're going to bash our way to victory here. Um, very clearly, they were like, worked on what they got wrong in the first game, which is kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. They also made a bunch of changes in Queensland. Um, they dropped a few players and um, some injuries happened as well. They had to, like, Inglis isn't there. So mm. He gets replaced by Adam Mogg. He would have seen, scored two tries in the highlights, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Would you have heard of this guy before? No, no. Yeah. No one else had either, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> the headlines of the newspaper actually, Adam who? Oh, bit rude. Yeah, I know. So, historically, like, he's um known for coming in and just killing it. Scored a bunch of tries in these two games. Mm. Um, what I noticed in this game, though, his, his defense was really good as well. It's not something he's really known for in, or maybe he's known for it, but like the story is this guy came out of nowhere and scored some tries and won these series for us. But really, he was playing well the whole game, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and one other comment, I think it was from Ray Warren, the main commentator, talking about two players hit each other. He said, it's like Ayers Rock meeting the Opera House. What? <laughs> what does that mean? It means nothing is what it means, Lonnie. It's just nonsense. I just don't understand. No. Moving through game three. So, New South Wales won the first game by a smidge. Mm-hmm. Like, win the win, for sure. What's your, what's your guy saying in the movie? Vin <laughs> Diesel, Dominic Shadow. Whether it's by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. Exactly. Whether it's by one point or by 24, you win the win. Yeah, you've won. Yeah. What happened, Dylan, in your highlights? What what do you what do you impression you get from this game? Well, it's um it's pretty back and forth and it all came down to the last ten minutes basically, if yeah. I recall correctly, Lonnie. As long as they're breathing, Dylan, they got a chance. Oh, that's that's exactly right, Lonnie. 
That's exactly right. Now, I will ask, Hmm. for the last try, Hmm. what was that pass to nowhere from the Blues? (laughs) That's a, that's a question I think they've asked themselves for you know, since 2016. Because that was that was the game. Yeah, that really was. We'll Is to... it fixed, Lonnie? It's rugby league fixed, well, Lonnie. You know, you say that, Dylan. I don't think it was fixed, but there were a lot of calls in a very short amount of time when against Queensland. I'm not, I'm not one who thinks that these Ooh. games are fixed or whatever, but it's very weird. So going mm. in, we're going to Melbourne for the first time for a decider. So they played sure, Melbourne sure. before, but playing the final game, Melbourne is a bit of a new thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably going to be strange to people who know their Australian geography, knowing that Melbourne's in a different state to Queensland in New South Wales. Do they usually do that? Do they go like a game in each state and then a neutral state? Um, the last few years they've been doing that. Um, in I think that's fair. Well, historically they've done it from time to time. But they've kind of made it a thing the last three or four years that yeah they'll take they took a game to Perth they took one to Adelaide I like that yeah yeah and it grows the game a little bit supposedly and they get the money yeah. absolutely yeah. so Queensland again lots of injuries so they had to change most of their team not most of the team but like a fair fair chunk mm. which is what you want to do going into a final game you know no not particularly especially when the team that won beforehand was so dominant, why would yeah. you change anything else? Exactly. So when you've got these injuries, it's kind of difficult. Mm. Um, and, you know, if they've got pressure going into the series and then pressure to win the second game, well, now it all comes down to this last game. So, yes, it's pretty much do or die for, you know, the series, but also some of these careers that are on the line. Mm. Um, at the same time, New South Wales, you know, I said, Brett Finch came in that first game because of injury, the last minute. He played the second game, but then didn't play so well. And then, then the guy who was originally out sick, he's come back in. So goodbye, Brett Finch. <laughs> no. And they've also they changed the another player in the halves, which is like the, the main main playmakers of the field. Yeah. Mike Gasmer, he's not really known to play five eight. Comes and play five eight. Happens a bit in Origin where people sometimes I think they get a bit. I'm trying to like get an edge over people with like a kind of interesting or crazy move. Could be a genius move, could be like a nothing move that leads to you losing, which kind of is the case here. Yeah. But it's funny talking about this, the actual players. Um, Michael from RLD he said that New South Wales squad is not one of my favourites. A lot of players who frustrated me or didn't really get me that excited. And I think that's kind of like a a common feeling in New South Wales over the next period. They, they pick some head scratches, which is what Michael calls them. Um, not really picking the players that you know, the fans like or the you know picking some guys who just sort of don't get the job done. But, mm. yeah. It's, it, it's, I'm not saying it's easy thing to pick the best players and the, like, you know, the right combination of players to win a game because obviously I'm not a selector, but, you know. Yeah. It's something to think about if you're a selector. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Adam who that first try he scored. Remember this one, Dylan, where he's basically had his whole body over the line and he, <laughs> his butt was like a second, less than a second from going out, but he just got the ball down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Man, you could do that, could you, Dylan, if you were playing? Oh, if I wanted to, yeah. <laughs> if I felt like it. Yeah. If I felt like putting on a show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
as I said in the second game, New Queensland like just bashed up New South Wales, but in this game, New South Wales sort of were under that, and so they, they mm. threw the ball around a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Tire Queensland out. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's what made Brett Hodgson throw that long pass. <laughs> Maybe it's part of it. I don't know. <laughs> but it was not to anyone, Lonnie. It was yeah. just to nothing. I don't know what the man was thinking. It's a it's a bad pass to throw any point in a game, let alone in the final <laughs> the final moments. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean he's a bit like he played well that series, I thought, Brett Hodgson. Yeah. And he played well beforehand and afterwards. I think this is his last New South Wales game though. Mm. And it's a bit of a shame the way he's remembered because he he's, you know, remembered for this bad pass. It was also an earlier game where um he was picked up by like the scruff of his neck and thrown over the sideline. So, you know, you can be a good player and play really well for a long time, but then no he's just remembered for these two, you know, dodgy incidents. Poor guy. Wow. I mean it sucks when it's clearly your fault that you lose. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think the same thing happened to um was it Corey Oates, the Broncos Cowboys final? Yeah. yeah. Where he just dropped the ball. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Don't remind me of that one, Dylan. <laughs> it was funny, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned, like, a lot of decisions went against Queensland, and there was, like, they scored a try that got called back, kind of. I can see why, maybe, but... Mm. And then New South Wales scored a try after they seemed to knock on. Um, <laughs> so these are dodgy calls you're talking about, Yeah, like. dodgy mm. calls. And mm. even, like... I'm trying to look at it, you know, as a Queenslander, and I still think maybe they're a bit dodgy, maybe, but I can kind of see why. But on the night, the New South Wales commentators are like, yeah, this is disgraceful. What's going on here? <laughs> oh. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's interesting they would think that. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, pretty much Queensland scored early, but then didn't get a look in for the next 50 minutes. So it only took the 71st minute for them to score again. Um, yeah. What you don't see in the highlights and something I don't remember and I don't really um, think it gets mentioned too much is that when Brett, Brent Tate scores that try, the big long-range try, um, his opposite number, I think it was Tamanataku actually, mm. he had got injured and just left the field a few moments before. So Oh, no. Yeah. So, so it's a free run. That's kind of where the, the gap opened up. So mm. luck, isn't it? Just luck. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And that's the same thing with that final pass. Like, it's a pass that didn't need to occur. <laughs> Shouldn't have. And we do talk a lot about um, the luck and, you know, if he doesn't have that pass, he doesn't win the game, basically. Yeah, I mean, he just might have well been going, here you go, Queensland, here's the win. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing, though, that, you know, you kind of have to make your own luck in sport. Well, I mean, if no one was there to capitalise it, capitalise on it. Exactly right, Dylan. So hmm. last year during lockdown, um, Channel 9 put out this YouTube series. It was called The Dynasty. And it was basically a, a Zoom call <laughs> um, oh. with um, Lockyer, JT, and Billy Slater. Oh, okay. And they the big talk- three. Yeah. And they talked to this journalist about, you know, the eight, eight straight series wins. And in that um, series, JT has a story talks about you know all those calls going against Queensland. He's like, I'm going off my head. I'm going, the referees, they don't want us to win. 
<laughs> and that's one thing I say about JT. I love him so much as a player and as a bloke, but he's so competitive that sometimes he makes mistakes and sometimes he can, like his emotions get to him like that. Mm. But, you know, Darren Lockyer, known as the most cool, calm, collected guy ever, he, he pulled JT up and he said, Oi, we've still got 10 minutes to go. We can still win from here. <laughs> and he pulls them in the line, he pulls the team together, and he's like, you know, we've got to, got to do this. We've got 10 minutes is our, um, the next, you know, our next 10 minutes is our, our careers. Yeah, make it or break it. Yeah. And what I'll say about that is that the night before, there's this famous story where Darren, he pulled all the players into his hotel room. Oh, hello. He had a chat to him. He said yeah. something along the lines of, you know, tomorrow night I'm going to go out there and I'm going to the guy who wins the game for us. And I think if everyone else goes out there tomorrow night and does the same thing, we're going to win. Mm. And you know what? That's what happens still. So, wow, I mean, that's, that's just it, eh? So he um, pulls them together and he says, you know, he scored that try. We've only got 10 minutes to go now. What I'm going to do is kick early. And I'm going to go down there, run hard, and try and force an error. That's what happens to it. What a profit. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, being there to pick up the game, to be in the right spot, as you said, it's kind of part of the plan as well as it is, you know, luck as well. Sure, yeah. Queensland wins, Lonnie. Queensland wins, and, you know, things change. What I'm going to say, though, I've got one story. I'm going to refer to a book now, Dylan. Oh. Can you hear that? Ye rustling around, yeah, I think so, yeah. So, you know, footy players are, are famous for their um, celebrations mm. after a big game, get on the piss, etc. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a story from Jonathan Thurston's autobiography that I've got on hand. <laughs> yeah. So, end of the season, they had a proper celebration, he calls it. So, they went to Brisbane, so... He went to Brisbane from Townsville, from where he was living. They were driven to a pub at Hope Island where they met the rest of the boys. They were into their first few beers and we looked around and saw a helicopter. Okay. That's us, boys, someone from the management said. And then here's um, JT's internal monologue. Are you serious? He was. <laughs> <laughs> they were flying, from the Gold, flying into the Gold Coast hinterland a massive property in the middle of nowhere. Oh. It was a huge mansion with food and drinks waiting. Oh, that sounds banging. And there was a golf driving range on the property. Oh, shit. Alongside <laughs> swimming pools and pool tables. Damn. Living the high life. So they, this is what, um, this is how JT puts it. We spoke about the personal efforts of that series as we sucked back beer. <laughs> So he goes on to say they ripped into the food and drink until the helicopter came back. <laughs> we thought the party was over, but it only just begun. The helicopter took them back to Hope Island, where a gigantic yacht was waiting. Oh my goodness. It was loaded with even more food and drinks than the last place. Oh no. We cruised from Hope Island and into surface to hit the nightclubs. Oh, hello. The rest is a blur. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yep, it was a celebration. Proper celebration. Shots, clubs, dance floors. Hello? Well, they earned it. Well, they earned it, for sure. The thing I take from that, Dylan, is that, like, that's just a story that gets in the in the book. What are the stories that don't get in the book, you know? Ooh. <laughs> hey, hello. Hello. Um, okay, so 
post-mortem, you know, postscripts. So in 2006, Darren Lockyer, who had gone into the series into the year with so much pressure on his back, mm. he captains the Broncos to win the NRL Premiership. Oh. He also captains Australia to win, a, win the Tri-Series Cool Tournament. So, What a man. Turn around, hey. He also mm. won a bunch of personal awards as well. So uh, really one of the best years ever for a player, to be honest. Absolutely. Queensland goes on to win the next eight series in a row from 2006 to 2013. And that's just unprecedented. You know, as I said before, you said the world won a lot in the 90s, but not in a row. So, mm. you know, we said that we were in year seven when we when they started this series win, like this streak in 06. Well, I think I was in my third year of uni um, <laughs> when, they, when they finally <laughs> lost. So, wow. You know, it's, how, it's how time passes on. Um. So they lost in 2014, bit of a shame, but then they won the next three series from 2015 to 2017. Um, so, you know, pretty much a decade of dominance, just amazing. Just shy of, yeah. Um, 2018, um, most of their players have moved on. So we're kind of in the next era recently. They they lost 18-19, but then they won last year in 2020 um, with what people are calling the worst team ever. So. Oh. Yeah, a far cry from the team of champions, but, you know, still a very sweet victory. Any, any victory is good. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Michael from the Rugby League Digest, he kind of said that the years since the passion has remained for the of origin, and I think a lot of that has to do with the first thing I mentioned, wanting to get the parity back. So Queensland have blown out the series a lot in terms of total wins, but apparently the for and against are still um, within 100 points. It's pretty Amazing still, isn't it? Mm, okay. Yeah. So Michael says, if we ever get back to square again, they're going back to that 2006 state of just wanting to see three really good games of football. Isn't that funny that because New South Wales lost so long, you kind of think maybe it means more to them now to win? Kind of a bit of a... Yeah, not wrong. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, JT obviously wanted to win, do bigger and better things. One of the best players ever. English as well, as I mentioned. Steve Price and Petro played again for a few more years and, you know, they could have, if they lost that series, they would have probably been sacked, but then they, they stayed on and, and sort of set things up for the next period of success. Mm. So good on Mal was the coach until 2015 and then he took on the Australian coaching job um, and still so successful, really, you know, for a guy who came in with, with that much going for him. So um, lasted a bit more than his political career. <laughs> well, not wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, in New South Wales, over this next decade, they sort of go through a bit of a rough spot. Um, they turn each other a bit, and they just sort of, the cultural problems sort of set in. Um, even then, they're not that far off all the time. So 2008, there's only one try that sort of let Queensland win in the end. 2012, there's only one field goal sort of set the difference. Um, mm. But when you're losing, you know, nothing can go right. Well, guys in if they don't don't get a music success you have to try and get someone else um pretty funny story in 2010 they they drove to the the team bus drove to the game in brisbane and forgot two players <laughs> <laughs> they missed the bus they didn't get their own taxi and then in 2017 um a couple of the players got in trouble for going off drinking by themselves during the camp so just like cultural stuff so i think if you lose for so long you know, that kind of becomes a mindset and it's hard to break out of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But at the same time, Queens are not perfect. 2009, they had some players sort of breaking curfew and getting on the drink as well. So, you know, 
I'm not saying New South Wales are all bad, but it kind of it's it's funny how these things these things work. So that's pretty much um, where I'm going to end things for State of Roach. Dylan, you've had a good time. Oh yeah, mate, great time, mate. You, you love know, me footy ball. <laughs> got a newfound appreciation of the 2006 State of Roach series. I'm sure. I do, I do. You've 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 spread the narrative to me, and <laughs> I've appreciated it. That's good. It's been a long one, so thanks for sticking in there. That's right. No worries. Very briefly, my get amongst it this week, Dylan. Um, have you watched Boy Burnham's new special on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I have to change my get amongst it. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I can change mine. If you want. No, it's all good. Go on. So, yeah, Boy Burnham's Inside. Um, How unique. It's a comedy special. <laughs> I guess. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, all filmed by himself during lockdown last <laughs> year, and you can kind of see him chart his descent into madness. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's still very funny and very insightful, I thought. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a very unique idea for a comedy special. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to describe. Isn't it? I, don't, I don't know what it is. I'm yeah. It's, it's just a man. It's a man going crazy. And, yeah. But I appreciate it. <laughs> no. Fair yeah. enough. Um, so yeah, please get amongst that. I think that's one to watch. I just, yeah, I can't describe it. Just watch it, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's wrap up. Okay. Michael once more from the Rugby League Digest. Thanks for your comments and we'll get you on sometime soon. And Andy, I suppose. Thanks to yeah. Mark. Does our He's... theme song. Oh, yeah. Every time. Love it. What could our listeners do to support us, Dylan? Oh, buddy, give us a follow. That'd be all right. Mm-hmm. On the socials. Mm-hmm. We're everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere where good podcasts are found. That's where we're found too. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, until next time, I miss you, man. I miss you, man. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.